Hi, I'm Allison, and welcome to the Searching for Vitality podcast. Candice and I are the co-hosts, and we are interviewing health and wellness practitioners in the greater Omaha and Lincoln area with the goal of learning different ways to better our wellness. We are searching for ways to better our mind, body, and spirit, and invite you to follow along in our journey. Our hope is that this podcast inspires you to connect with various experts in our local community to build a team to help you along your own journey. We hope you enjoy this episode. We'll get started. Today we are talking with Dr. Trino Nuno, who is a biological dentist and owner of Miboka Dentistry. We are going to be getting the scoop on fluoride today. So thank you, Dr. Nuno, for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into biological dentistry? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Allison, and thank you, Candice, for having me on. I think it's so important what you both are doing, just educating your listeners and really finding those professionals that are going to be able to give you maybe an alternative uh, answer to some of the most important questions of our lives and also our children's lives. So I, I appreciate both of you for what you do. Um, so yeah, uh, my name's Trino Nuno. I'm a dentist here in Omaha and I, I'm owner of Miboka Dentistry and we have two locations. One's on 96 and Q and, and the other one's in West Omaha and Elkhorn. And I started on my journey through, um, biological dentistry in, in kind of a shocking way. Um, I was jolted into into the field by first experiencing acute mercury poisoning. And so um, it's not fun when when your hands are doing this wow. and you count on your hands to be very stable to be able to perform procedures. Uh, it's a scary thing. And that's what happened to me back in 2017. Um, that day I was removing a lot of mercury amalgams and, uh, ha it happened to, um, cause, uh, an acute mercury poisoning in my body. Um, some of the symptoms that I was receiving was, uh, brain fog. I couldn't think clearly. I, I was supposed to meet my wife for lunch that day at Chipotle and I, and I couldn't remember getting in the vehicle and I couldn't remember driving there. So as soon as I got to Chipotle, I was like, hey, I don't feel good. I don't know what's going on with me, but my hands are shaking and I um, I just feel really, really bad. I've never felt that way before, even if I was like going to catch a cold or or even if you were going to get the flu. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the same feeling. So it just so happened that my wife was actually taking a um, nutrition course based off of Weston A. Price principles. And mm -hmm. Weston A. Price is a dentist back in the 1940s who was doing a lot of research on, uh, he, he was just studying healthy populations and um, what made them different from Europeans or uh, the Western civilization. We're, we were more advanced, yet we were suffering from a lot of chronic disease, suffering from decay. And so when he went out on his, on his journey, he just found some really interesting things. And so my wife was going through this nutrition course and they were talking about mercury <laughs> They were talking about fluoride. So she said, Hey, do you think it could be from the stuff that you're doing at work? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I just read that mercury 
the mercury fillings can do this, blah, 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 blah. I said, no, there's no freaking way. There's no way because I just graduated from dental school and they give us the most up-to-date information on this kind of stuff. So it was a, it was a bit of a, it took a, a lot more conversation than it took me calling a guy from New York, a dentist by the name of uh, Jerry Curatola. And when I talked to him, he said, Trino, you need to fly out to Vermont in a couple of months. We're having our national uh, get together for the International Academy of Oral Toxicology and Medicine, whatever the acronym stands for. Um, so that's what I did. I flew out. I went to go meet with them. I, I sat in on this uh, seminar and I just met so many like-minded colleagues and um, so many people that had asked the questions before me. And when they were talking about mercury, they were talking about fluoride, it was in a very safe environment. It was an environment that I could ask a lot of questions and it all clicked. And I said, holy smokes, do we have this all wrong? And so it's not, it's not that, um, I'm not out there to attack any conventional dentist or like say, Hey, you're doing things really wrong. There's a whole different approach. And if their patients want what they're giving them, go ahead. I'm following a more natural approach. That sounds good for me, my children and the patients that I serve. And so, um, with this all, with this new information, with, um, a lot more studies that I could actually review, uh, that solidified my suspicions that mercury was bad for my health and for my patient's health, that just springboarded me into this whole realm of biological dentistry. If you get to know me, I have this weird thing of uh, uh, just downloading information like crazy. So I literally went on Amazon, purchased all of the books on biological dentistry, and I devoured them. And the reason was because I said, if I know, if I make, if I got this wrong, what else do I have wrong? Like, how else am I not serving my patients well? And that led me into fluoride, that led me into airway, that led me into so many different facets of dentistry that it became overwhelming. And so my new mission in life became build this amazing practice, biological practice, and bring in the people, these special people who are going to help me build a practice for our community, for our children, so that we can have, we can provide a brighter future for them. And so that's kind of where I'm at now, I've got two practices and there's so much more than just the fluoride topic. And I know we're going to focus on fluoride today. Um, so I just want you to let, let you know that that's just a small part of who I am and what I'm doing here in, in Nebraska and in the Omaha area. So did I answer the question? <laughs> you did. You definitely did. Um, Perfect. Yeah. And uh, I think probably in the last couple of years, I switched over and I've been going to meet Boca and then my son George also goes. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that we have you and you started me Boca here. That way we have a more holistic option um, in Omaha for dentistry work. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what fluoride is? Like, I know it's something that they put in our toothpaste. I know that it's in our drinking water. Um, I know that fluoride is supposed to strengthen your teeth and your enamel and prevent decay, but that's really all I know about it. Yeah. When it, 
if you want to get down to the general chemistry of it, just the very basics level, it's an anion. So it's just F with the negative charge on it. It's a very um, potent anion. Um, and so the reason why they say that it hardens teeth or creates, it, it makes them more resistant to acid attack is because it it's a bully and it knocks off calcium off of your hydroxyapatite on your enamel. And so that new fluorohydroxyapatite is a lot more resistant to decay and to uh, acid attack. Now, that approach is to me a pesticide approach. So you're saying we don't trust this individual, we don't trust this family to take care of their mouth and to allow the microbiome to be uh, healthy. So we're going to place this uh, fluoride um, to be able to harden the teeth for this for this individual. Um, and fluoride is not it's not a gentle chemical. It's pretty harsh. And if you're placing it in the mouth, the mouth is very um, absorbent. So it'll absorb those chemicals. Uh, that's where we put nitroglycerin is underneath the tongue for people that are having these heart episodes, angina, and uh, it just goes straight into their bloodstream. And so that's the issue that I have with it. Um, my biggest issue is why do we put it in the water supply? So if you're placing this fluoride in the water supply, and we can get into like the conspiracy theories, like you said, <laughs> <laughs> where that all came from. I'm not gonna get go into there if you if you don't want me to, but essentially, oh, I might go all in if you want to. <laughs> since the 1940s, we've been adding this this uh, substance to our water supply, and so it at that point turns into a drug right? Because you're saying this substance cures this. And when you say that, you're, you're literally giving someone a drug. And so the, the Omaha population is being drugged. Every time you go to the restaurant and you drink the tap water, you drink the fountain drink, you drink whatever, you eat the produce, you, uh, if there's a farm that uses the city water, you're getting your fluoride dose there. So my question to a lot of dentists or health professionals is, great, how do you know what dose to, dosage to give every individual? You have a baby over here and an adult over here, right? So why would you give them the same dosage? If the baby's formula fed, are they going to be drinking more tap water versus a breastfed baby? Okay. Um, this person over here might have kidney disease. And this person does not. So the person with kidney disease can't really filter out the, that um, toxic element. And so they're going to have major issues. Now we go into the thyroid. If someone has hypothyroidism and fluoride has been shown to reduce the function of the thyroid, holy smokes, we're getting into um, just a public health disaster. And the strange thing is that we, we say that it's one of the greatest public health achievements of our time. So the misinformation is like very strong. I used to work for the health department and I can tell you that when I, during my time in the health department, uh, the executive director was not healthy. 
he was very, very obese and he did not care for his health. He did not care for the public's health. What did he care about? He, he cared about making sure that we wrote enough grants so that we would always increase the amount of money that came into the health department. Because if you don't spend it all, you'll get cut. You get too many cuts and then what do you do? So I got to see the inner workings of a public health institution and I didn't like it. I'm very anarcho-capitalist, which means I'm like an anarchist at heart. I, I am the ruler of myself. I don't really want the government to rule over me or tell me what's best for me. I will decide that for myself. And I'm a capitalist in the form that I love to build businesses and build opportunities for people and help support our society. So when someone tells me to add fluoride into our water supply and we're paying for it as taxpayers, I say, why? Why don't you have a doctor or a dentist? I'm not, I'm not anti-fluoride, by the way. <laughs> why don't you have a doctor and a dentist prescribe that to that patient? That way they can have the liability if that person gets sick. There's so many studies that have kind of associated fluoride with osteosarcomas, so, so cancers, hypothyroidism, lower IQ in children, um, issues with the kidneys. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And it's, it's kind of terrifying that uh, we don't talk about it enough. And if I were to bring it up at a, one of our dental meetings, I probably wouldn't be in my, invited back again. <laughs> Well, then you were talking a little bit before about how it kind of maybe started in the 40s. But when you were talking, I was kind of wondering, do you know why they started putting fluoride into the water or into like toothpaste? Because every time I've tried to research a little bit, that's why I brought up the conspiracy theories. Because sometimes I would read like, they don't want your third eye to be opened or some kind of conspiracy. But then sometimes I would hear the benefits. So if anything I kind of learned from it, it was if you didn't basically like if you sort of kind of what you said if you're against fluoride then you're cocoa you know cuckoo for crazy pup, you know whatever that word like you're kind of crazy but it's great but then I don't know why they decided to put that in water or why they started giving up fluoride do you know why at all I can only speculate I've I I'm the kind of guy that I'll listen I love researching conspiracy theories because I think they're fun exercises for the brain but I also want to make sure that I, I set my opinions and my advice on solid like information that I can verify, right? So um, fluoride, fluoride is a byproduct of the fertilizer industry. And it's toxic as heck. And so there were a lot of regulations. Like you can't just dump it into a river. Uh, you can't dump it you know, in a landfill or anything like that. So um, what do you do with it? Uh, I guess back in the 1940s, there were some studies. There weren't even actual studies. I think there were, uh, they, they, I think maybe there were surveys or something like, it was not the standard of like, hey, this is the best double blind placebo test or, or uh, trial. It was, it was like a lesser study. And based off of just a few studies, they decided that there was a, a massive benefit to adding fluoride um, to the general population's water supply. 
And so all of a sudden you get this, you have this toxic chemical that they can't just throw away. And it's costing, it would cost them money to properly dispose of it. And they turned it into a product that they can sell you and tell you that you need this product. Otherwise your teeth will fall out. And that is false. Like your teeth, you are made to have a wonderful, healthy microbiome and you don't need products. You know, in this world of consumerism, you do not need products as long as you have sunshine, clean water, you're connected with the, the earth. You know, electromagnetism is huge. Like we are electromagnetic be beings. Um, you have love. We're, we're very um, social creatures. And so that's really important as well. And you get enough sleep. The diet's really important too. And what are your animals experiencing? How are your animals living? Because if they have a shitty life, pardon my French, I, that's, this is kind of who I am. Um, I'm a little bit more professional in the dental setting. <laughs> uh, but if, you're, if your animals are not living a pristine life and they're not healthy, do you think you're gonna be healthy when you consume those products? Uh, we have a movement towards veganism. I don't judge anyone. If you're a vegan, you, I say, okay, these are the holes you're going to have to plug. Are you ready to plug those holes? Perfect. We'll just keep assessing you and I'll be there with you. Like we'll help support you with your life choices. And so some people are uh, carnivorous and they're on this keto diet and they're on this and that. And I like, I don't care. I will help support you in whatever life choices that you make and we'll try to make, make a personalized plan for you. So the whole fluoride, where it came from, the, the, the history behind it, it's pretty deep and it's very convoluted and there's not a lot of good, not a lot of good information out there on it. But what you can go on to is the Fluoride Action Network. It's a group, I think it's a nonprofit group actually. And they're currently suing the um, EPA for allowing um, allowing a pollutant to be added to our water supply. And they are winning. <laughs> I think recently, I think it was this, the, the, one of the heads of the EPA or, or some organization, some acronym organization, um, basically admitted that, uh, gosh, I don't want to get this wrong. Let me look it up really quick. Anyways, um, there's a lawsuit that's kind of ongoing right now, and uh, the EPA is is just kind of deferring and just extending the, the lawsuit so that we can't get down to like a legitimate um, answer as to like, hey, did you know that this is a hazardous substance, and did were you guys aware that we shouldn't be adding this to the water supply? Um, Let's see here. Yeah, one of the even too, like one of my questions as you're talking about this is, you know, have they done any studies to show that adding fluoride to the water has been effective or ineffective? Because I know many other, most other countries don't add fluoride to their water. And if they have, they've taken it out. And then we my understanding is that we even have some bottled water companies that have fluoride in the water. Um, you know, and I'd also, you know, be curious, 
have they done studies over since it's been there from the 40s? It sounds like tooth decay is continuing to increase and be on the rise. So it sounds like maybe it's not being effective. And then I'd also be curious, have they done any tests on, you know, infants and women who are pregnant and the long-term side effects of drinking fluoride? Yeah, you're, you're onto something there. And, and that's what this, um, this lawsuit's really based on is like, here are the studies that are stacking up like crazy that are showing the negative effects. Where are our positive studies? And you know what they say? The science is settled. Mm-hmm. We're done studying that. And it that boggles my mind. And I, um, one of my colleagues, um, I started a Facebook group with my, my uh, dental uh, colleagues that I graduated dental school with. And there were a few that joined. Um, but I basically invited them to go on this journey with me. I said, hey, I experienced acute mercury poisoning. I'm going to be doing a lot of research on biological dentistry. If anyone is interested, hey, come on. And basically, very few came in to the group. And as I started learning more and more and became more bold and just made comments as far as they went very well against like what the standard um, thought process is for a dentist, um, I was ostracized and I was definitely not going to be invited to any more parties. <laughs> and uh, uh, at one point, one of my, one of my classmates was asking me so many questions, showing me pictures of mercury fillings. Would you remove that filling there? Like, dude, what am I on? Like uh, Jerry Springer, or like some TV <laughs> show that you're like trying to drill me, catch me in a lie or something. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do anything unethical. I'm like, I'm here to serve people. And if I see a broken filling, I'm going to restore it. Uh, I do have patients that come in that just want to remove their mercury fillings and um, sometimes I'll say, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that one. It's like, are you sure you want to remove that one? I'll do it. A pro- I'll, I mean, it's bodily autonomy. So I'll do whatever you ask me to do and we'll do it properly for you. Um, but I'm very upfront with them. We don't charge insurance for those fillings either. It's like, sorry, like we can't. <laughs> and so it's just a, it's a, it's a level of trust and like transparency that we have to have with these patients. And then these these dentists, like the guy that I was talking about, they really, um, they don't want to sit down and actually have a conversation with me. So I offered to buy him a, a book on uh, fluoride and that showed all these studies on how fluoride might be, not be what we thought it was. And I said, once you read it, let's have a um, just really friendly conversation about it. He said, save the postage. I don't want it. I don't want to do that <laughs> and so he, he it just like they shut down and the science is settled for them because they they say that there's smarter people than them in the american dental association there's smarter people than them in the, in the cdc you know you name it and so that's kind of where where um their heads are at and i don't i don't blame them i mean dentistry is very difficult and when you go that against the grain, it's very, very uh, lonely. I think I'm really one of the only few here in Nebraska that are doing this, in my opinion, the, the most um, 
well, let's just say I'm just one of the very few uh, biological dentists in, in Nebraska. Um, and people do come from very far away to see us. And it's, it's a huge blessing. But um, I hope that one day we can all, all my colleagues can just sit down and just really talk about, hey, let's review all these studies and let's have an honest conversation about what's, uh, what's happening in, our, in the dental world. Because Allison, you're right. The decay rate has not gone down it's gone up. So we have to ask why? And why is the fluoride not working? So my theory from just observing is that our world is becoming more toxic. So toxicity goes up like this. Okay. And our nutritional density is going lower. So the quality of our food, the nutrients are going down. So if you have toxicity going up, which is putting a tax and a burden on your body, on your immune system, and you're not supporting it with the nutrients that it needs to be th to thrive and to have a healthy immune system, what do we think is going to happen? You know, we need clean water. We need sunshine. And we're constantly told to block off the sun from our skin. We need good nutrition, nutritious food. We need sleep. We need love. And some of us need, like, we, I, I believe in God. And I think that's a huge, very important part of life. It's just having that spirit, spiritual connection as well. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, that's kind of where my journeys led me and it's an exciting time. I think, I think we're going to, Miboka Dentistry is going to set standards and we're going to actually push the envelope and we're going to help other dentists question because I get calls every now and then, Hey, I've been, I've been quietly listening to you and I just want to thank you for being out there. I don't have the braveness to do that or the, the courage to do that. And I want to thank you. And it's like, to me, it's like, ah, oh, help me. <laughs> Come out here and do it. But I, I mean, again, it's like every person has, has their levels of wanting to be uncomfortable. And I, I can get very uncomfortable and it's comfortable for me. So you said that one of the things we obviously need is clean drinking water. So if they're putting fluoride and other chemicals and who knows what all else is going into top water that's out. We have fluoride going into a lot of bottled water. Um, not to mention like, you know, you're being exposed to things when you probably brush your teeth. I bet a lot of people aren't buying bottled water to brush their teeth or to shower in, you know, so you're being exposed every other time you use top water for anything else. H how do you recommend people go about getting clean drinking water. I know not all filters even filter out fluoride. Yeah, it's it's tricky these days. Um, even like the Berkey water filtration system, I don't think it works. Um, and that's kind of sad because they do a lot of good marketing that say that it works. So um, you might need to like buy a separate filter, but honestly, I don't know if, if they have actually done the studies that, that proves that they can remove that um, from the water supply. Um, 
the best way is to uh, go to a municipality that doesn't add it to the water supply because that's going to be the cheapest. Um, other than that, there's you have to really dig dig deep and find some companies that buy or that uh, sell these water filtration systems. There's different levels uh, that you can purchase that will filter out that stuff. Uh, we got to remember fluoride, the fluoride ion is very, very tiny. And so it, you have to have a specialized system. Uh, Pristine Hydro, I think, is one that um, is out there that ha has some good reviews and um, has some good studies behind it as well. Um, and that one is a is a portable unit. So if you if you travel a lot or if you just you're in an apartment and you want you don't want to invest ten thousand dollars in a home filtration system, that's a good option. Um, then there's the whole the whole house water filtration system, which can, which can get very pricey. And um, I forget the brand of the one that we have here in our home, but we we had our water tested and we have well, obviously fluoride um, at the recommended doses. We had uh, uranium, lead, arsenic, um, chlorine, a lot of um, the chlorine derivatives. So very, very like nasty water. Um, and so the whole water filtration system helps clear most of that. And we have another water filtration system underneath the sink at the point of use. So we just want to make sure we're showering with clean water because your, your skin is the largest organ that you have. And yes, you can absorb the, those chemicals through your skin. Um, when you're cooking, if you're, you know, I mean, you just, you just need your whole house. You like you, you. It's hard to think about how often you use water. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a garden in the back and you're like irrigating using your water system, I mean, that's that's what that's fluoride there and and chlorine and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, there's no real easy way to do it, and that's why I'm so passionate on saying like let's get it out of our water system because it's a burden on society for those people that don't want it. Like it's hard to get it out. So with the with the filtration system, with the water, um, don't most of those then also take off the minerals out of the water, which is also important to have adequate minerals in your diet? Yeah, a lot of those do, um, like the reverse osmosis, uh, or if you're distilling your water, you need, you need balanced water to be able to uh, thrive as well. So if you have, I call it dead water. If you have dead water, it's gonna pull things out of your system to balance it out. So you do need to add your, your own minerals and you do need to make sure that um, there, there's even like restructuring water as well to make sure that it's, um, it, 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 that it's high quality water. So it just, it just gets into like magnetism and like, I don't fully understand the electromagnetic spectrum and how how it uh, how it relates to our health, but what I do know is that the mitochondrial cell needs healthy electromagnetism in order to thrive. So if your water is is not supporting that, it's it it can be also problematic. So you you're right right on that, Allison. Like you do, you can't just. Um, drink distilled water it has to be restructured you have to have the minerals in it and it's like anything else um 
uh, you think you're doing a good thing, but it might be doing some damage. So definitely be careful. Yeah. So not an easy solution to fix by any means. Nope, not at all. So in terms of toothpaste, I mean, most brands of toothpaste have fluoride in it. What do you recommend? Yeah, I want to kind of tell you th three things here. Um, avoid fluoride. Okay. Um, so that's going to knock out like 99% of the, the toothpaste out there. Avoid natural toothpaste that are that have very aggressive ingredients in them. What are aggressive to me? Um, anything with like tea tree oil or like, or very harsh oils that are going to destroy your microbiome because we're not here to like kill, kill, kill the bacteria. We want to nurture the healthy bacteria and support a very well-balanced microbiome. And we, we live in a society that's like afraid of germs, but really we need these germs to be able to survive. Um, so no fluoride avoid the natural toothpaste that are too harsh. And then um, this nanohydroxyapatite thing that everyone is kind of like jumping on the bandwagon with. Uh, I'm not convinced yet because our teeth are made out of hydroxyapatite, right? So how, how did they come up with the nanohydroxyapatite? Did they pull a bunch of teeth and then grind it up? And that's what we're using. Or are they synthetically deriving this hydroxyapatite and then and then um, crushing it down to the nano level? Or are they synthetically just creating nano particles that are this hydroxyapatite uh, material? Too many questions I have and not enough answers. So I and the studies that are out there basically are the manufacturer studies. And so I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to trust the manufacturer studies to be able to say this is the greatest product and it's replacing fluoride. Like, no, uh, that's just not how my brain works. So what do I recommend? That's the question you asked. I recommend Revitin and the reason for that or no toothpaste at all. <laughs> so it's crazy, but you don't need toothpaste where consumers right? We think that we need something, but you don't need toothpaste. As long as you make sure that you're removing the plaque off your teeth, you're flossing. Um, if you're eating a diet that's well-balanced, you're not going to develop a lot of plaque, right? So do you need toothpaste at the beginning? No, you don't need toothpaste as long as everything's balanced. If you do need toothpaste, or if you like, you can't get past the thought of not using a toothpaste, Revitin's your choice because it has very natural ingredients that are gentle, that are gonna help support your microbiome. So it's got prebiotics, you have natural essential oils in there, you have vitamin D3, vitamin K2, CoQ enzyme 10, and like a whole host of other um, calcium phosphate that help really support the remineralization of your teeth. And so to remineralize your teeth, you need healthy saliva, you need all the ingredients there, so the calcium to actually help rebuild the enamel. Um, and the bacteria, a healthy bacteria to be able to promote that as well. And kind of just a follow-up. So I've had some people that told me too, that um, like use a tooth powder with baking soda. Does that help as well? Or would you tell me, or it's better not to have that? I love patients that say they, they um, make their own 
And I always say, okay, how are you making it? Like, what are your ingredients? That, I mean, there's everyone, there's thousands of different formulations. So it's like, what's your formulation? I can tell you that baking soda is highly abrasive. And so you, you're going to grind away your enamel pretty quickly if you're using too much of that. So just be careful. Because, uh-huh. yeah, some I know some friends that do that. And I'm like, I don't know. But you know, I was like, I don't know about that. And then kind of what you said, at least I wrote that down, the Revitin. But like for me, sometimes with the, when you're saying no toothpaste, I've heard that too, but I love that minty feeling. Or if I wake up, I'm like, that is just nasty. Like no one needs to be near my breath. So with that, or like sometimes I try to um, use mouthwash, even though I know Molly, um, I can't remember her name. We interviewed Dr. Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of her last name right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's like, don't, I'm like, but I like that feeling. So, <laughs> so it's like, I know I need to like, um, so does that provide it? Does it have that minty like feeling or is there stuff that will give you that clean? If that makes it like a clean taste in your mouth or feeling? Cause I feel like if I say no more toothpaste, I would be like, no one come near me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just get some mint leaves and put them by your nightstand. And in the morning you can kind of chew on mint leaves. <laughs> there you go. That's a good solution too. Uh, Revitin does not have a mint flavor. I'm sorry. And my wife is the opposite of you. So she absolutely hates mint. I had to literally get rid of my mint toothpaste because I love that feeling as well. <laughs> yeah, so, like that's how I, I feel like, oh, it's clean or I feel fresh. Um, yeah. And if I don't have it or the morning, I just feel like that disgusting taste in my mouth. And I'm like, I just got to get rid of it. Yeah, Revitin is different. It still has that kind of like that zingy type of sensation, but it's got more of a citrus flavor. So it's orange. I like it. My kids love it. And and they can swallow the whole tube and not get poisoned. We don't have to contact uh, poison control (laughs) or anything. So um, I'd say just try and see if like it's a good replacement for the mint. But if you love that mint taste, it's not going to be that. I will say, Candice, George, my son, he's 18 months. He loves Revitin too. That's the only way I can get like a toothbrush near his mouth is if I put just a tiny amount on <laughs> it, then he's all for brushing his teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So um, do you have any recommendations for what th- p- things people can do to counteract the negative effects of fluoride? Um you know, maybe people who can't install an entire water filtration system in their entire house. Are there Mm -hmm. things that we can be doing to like help support our bodies to detox the fluoride? Yeah. So rule number one is avoid the, obviously avoid the issue. So if you, I recently bought a subscription to Spring Mountain Valley, Mountain Valley Spring Water. And I guess uh, there's a company in Omaha that actually delivers to people's homes. So you can have your own very clean fluoride-free water supply. So that's like number one. It does, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. Um, number two, how do you support your, your body? Um, basically, make sure your kidneys are healthy. Um, make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Make sure that you're exercising to get that lymphatic system to really work through because you don't have a pump for the lymphatic system, you have to like, you have to exercise, you have to move your body to get that going. Um, 
your liver is really important, but I don't think it's as important as the kidneys are for removing the fluoride out of your system. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm not a functional do doctor, so I don't like to give people too much advice on that. I, I kind of say work with a functional doctor to really assess your lymphatic drainage, your all of the organs that um, like your liver and your kidney, your spleen that are supposed to clean your blood. Um, evaluate, evaluate all of that regularly, like every year. Make sure you don't have parasites. Um, that's huge. So Dr. Rodney White has like a, a Instagram profile and he talks all about parasites and, and whatnot. And um, he makes- You can also has, get parasites from our tap water too, right? Well, yeah, but it's they're so toxic that they don't even survive in the tap water. <laughs> <laughs> you can get parasites basically from anything, mostly yeah. from your foods. So I think that, I think I answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Any other thoughts that you have kind of on the topic of fluoride that you want to share? I um, think we got all of our questions answered. So I don't know if you had any I, last thoughts you wanted to add. I think the last thoughts are just really, we're not anti-fluoride. No one's anti-fluoride. Like it's, I know it exists. I just don't think that we need it in our water supply. And I don't, I don't like to shame dentists that use it. It's like, hey, if you want to prescribe that drug for that particular case, that's, that's your license and that's fine. But at least it's controlled. Like he, this dentist, she's saying, hey, uh, I want to use it for this particular case. Um, I think that's fine. People that come to me, they're not going to get that approach. They're going to get a more natural approach. So I think that we just all need to be comfortable asking questions about fluoride. So ask your dentist, like, do I really need this? And do you, like, if you have a kidney disorder, ask your dentist, like, hey, this, how, this, how does this affect my body? I have this kidney issue. I have this thyroid issue. If you got hypothyroidism, why would you add more fluoride into your body? Kind of like a bad situation waiting to happen. So just feel comfortable asking questions. And if your dentist is saying, is like shutting you off or just saying you're crazy, get another dentist, like find someone else. Well, I'm also interested now because I have hyperthyroidism and issues with my thyroid. And I also said like, I have PCOS and many people I know have PCOS. Not that I don't know that's tied to it, but like, there's just so much stuff that, um, kind of like when you mentioned, when you would ask questions and people would think you're crazy, like I think why some people don't want to change their mind or change things. Cause one, it's hard work to change, find the solutions, and then they would have to change. And not only that, like, I think when you're told, and by, um, by no means a doctor or anything, but when you're told all your life certain things, and then you don't want to realize you may have been you know, lied to or have misinformation. So then I think sometimes that's kind of why I wanted to do the podcast too, because some people don't know the information or can't find it. And then also just um, researching on my own, I would have never known this about fluoride and hyperthyroidism, but like my own research, I kind of found stuff that I'm like, wow, I was never told this for 20, 30 years. And when I researched and going to different doctors that actually listened to me. So I'm glad you kind of touch on that just because it's hard to yourself to change, 
But then also, I think other people don't want to, because either, like I said, they don't want to believe that they were lied to. They don't, they think everyone's best interest, but the conspiracy person me is like, well, let's ask why. And for me, a lot of times I'm like, I think it's more money derived than health derived. And that's why a lot of times I'm also considered crazy when I'm like, let's question some things. Yeah, no, I, you know, that's exactly how a lot of people feel just like you. They, they feel crazy because they have all these questions. And when they, when they don't, when, when a professional looks at you and says, don't ask me these questions, I know best and basically shuts you down. It doesn't make you feel good. The, the way we should approach it as professionals and saying, oh, you know, that's really interesting. I've never heard that. Let me look into that a little bit more. Can you give me some of your sources so I can like review that? And I can't tell you the number of times that I've learned something from my patients. They say, hey, look at this. Have you seen this? Like, no, let's look into it. what the heck is this stuff? Um, so it's really, I mean, it's partnering up with the right professionals that are going to help support you, meet you where you're at. But what I always tell my patients and what I tell everyone is like, you have to be the CEO of your healthcare because you're only seeing me like twice a year, maybe. You're living with yourself 24 seven for your whole life. So you're going to know yourself way better than I know you. So every time that we meet, we should really have those deep conversations. Like, hey, I'm seeing these issues in your mouth. Can we talk about why? And then some people are honest with me and they really want to get healthy. Others aren't ready yet. And I, I'm okay. I'm going to be there for them when they are ready to make those changes. And so that's what I that's what I coach at Miboka Dentistry because our whole team really believes in our on our values and our mission. And our vision is to uh, uh, allow people to love coming to the dentist and people hate coming to the dentist. So it's really hard to accomplish it. But like every, if we can just get an inch closer to having a person love coming to the dentist, that's all I want. And when they start really enjoying it just slightly and not like shake in the chair, they're gonna, their guard's gonna come down and they're going to be comfortable asking those questions. And so that's what I encourage you to do um, is find those people that are patient enough to listen to you and actually help you uh, decipher all of this information because you can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. I need my functional doctors that are going to help me. I need my other dentists that are focused on airway, some that are focused on uh, uh, tongue tie releases, uh, I do surgeries, you know, I place implants and I do all sorts of things and I have other dentists that do other things. So uh, it's a team effort and really the person that should be in control is you. Well said. Yeah, very well said. Well, thank you, Dr. Nuno, for um, joining us today and sharing all this information for us and our listeners. Can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you if maybe they're interested in seeing um, a biological dentist, either you or one of the other members on your team? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can connect with me directly on Instagram at Tooth Signal. 
and I'm not as active on there lately. I have a newborn, so <laughs> I got a large family, so it's hard to uh, be on there all the time. Um, but you can also uh, go onto our website, www.mipocadentistry.com. That's a good way to find lots of good information on our blog. We talk about fluoride on there. We talked about radiation. And I'm just trying to get quite a few uh, posts out there that help answer some of the most common questions on, on dentistry and, and biological dentistry specifically. Uh, if they are interested in actually uh, coming to the office and seeing me, um, they can call the office at 402-331-0701. And I don't remember the Elkhorn office, but um, it's on our website. If not, we'll just throw it in at the yeah. end. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Thank you. I appreciate both of you. Thank you. Hey, friends. If you like what you heard on this episode, please subscribe to our show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can be notified of new episodes. Please leave us a rating and review to help others find our podcasts. And we love reading your feedback. You can also follow us on Instagram at Rooted Vitality and let us know if there are any topics you would like us to discuss or dive deeper into. If you are a health and wellness practitioner and would like to be a guest on our podcast, please message us. We love hearing from our listeners.